You are listening to the Lima Community Church Podcast. The following was recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. You ever drive around town and think to yourself, this is otherworldly. The kingdom of God is breaking in here. Do you think that to yourself as you're driving around? Anybody, as you're sitting at the tr- on the train tracks at Cable Road and not able to go anywhere, do you think to yourself, man, this is the kingdom of God. It is breaking in. Do you ever think that to yourself? Amen, somebody. Amen. Oh, so we're talking about the kingdom of God in these days. And we've got this little rubric, this, the, uh, this kind of steps of the, of the kingdom of God that Pastor Chip's talking about. And I'm on step three here. Jason, would you, would you show that, that slide that you put together? The kingdom, it is realized through unity. It is built on the love of the Father. It lives through the life-giving word. That's what we're talking about today. It thrives in connection to one another. It acts out the mission of the king, and it provides purpose through its various roles. So this is the kingdom of God that we're talking about in these days. So today I'm talking about the word, the word of God. You know, language is powerful. I would argue that language is the most powerful force in the universe. Now, some of you might say love is, but you don't have love without communication. That's marriage advice for those of you who aren't picking that up. Amen, somebody. You don't have love without communication. Sometimes we're getting our wires crossed, you know. You don't have love without communication, without language. It is through our words that we create our worlds. You know that? It's amazing to me, every time I read Genesis chapter one, just the thought that God begins creation, how? What's the first act of God? By speaking, through communication, through a word. Genesis one begins in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and how does he create? But by speaking, he says, let there be light, right? It was with a word that God created. Now, have you ever wondered to yourself, what, what language is God's native tongue? Have you ever wondered that? What did, what did God speak at the beginning? Did he speak in English, creation into being? Uh, did he speak Spanish, maybe Portuguese, maybe Hebrew? Maybe the, the Israelite people would say the, the language of God is Hebrew. Maybe Akkadian, an ancient Near East language. We don't know, but we know that throughout history, God has revealed himself through communication. God is a God of revelation. God is one who reveals God's self. And there was a moment in history in which God came to earth to a culture that had various languages. So when Jesus came to earth, uh, we understand him to be born in Bethlehem sometime around 3 BC. And in Bethlehem, we know that at least in the synagogue, the Jews were reading Hebrew. They were reading their Bible in Hebrew, right? We have instances of Jesus speaking in Aramaic, which was an ancient language. And we also know that in the same way that English is the language of money and commerce in our world today, did you know that people in China are learning English? People in Russia learn English? Uh, Because really, in 
in many ways in our society today, our global economy is, is English speaking. And so people all over the world are learning English. In many ways, we have a kind of an advantage growing up knowing English as our, as our first language here in the United States, at least economically speaking. Well, in the world to which Jesus was born, Greek was actually the language of economics. So everyone in the ancient Roman Empire, they, uh, at least if they were carrying on serious business, international trade, Greek would have been kind of the, the, the language of commerce. And we, have you ever thought about that dialogue that Jesus has with Pilate? You know, Pilate is this governor who comes in to Judea and he speaks with Jesus. I would imagine that Jesus was having that dialogue with Pilate in Greek. You know, Jesus was probably at minimum trilingual. You're probably wondering to yourself, why do I care? And why are we talking about this today? Well, the reason is language is the medium through which God, God speaks to us. And Jesus, I have to believe, just in thinking about kind of the history of the world, I have to think that God was not indifferent to the time and culture that he sent his son. He sent his son to a Greek speaking world in the Roman empire. And I, and I hope to dem demonstrate this morning that there are some elements of, of the Greek New Testament that really can help us kind of get the, the, uh, the fullness of this idea of the word of God coming to us. So today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you through a lot of scripture in the New Testament talking about the word. And the reason is, is this. The word is the language of the kingdom of God. The word is the medium of revelation in the kingdom of God. And I, I want you to be receptive to the possibility that God's word who has come to various people throughout histories in various ways might actually wanna to come to you. <laughs> might actually wanna to speak to you. So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to John chapter one. I'm gonna begin in John chapter one at the very beginning of John's gospel. Go there with me if you would. This is what John says. This is how he begins his gospel. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Do you remember how Genesis begins? What are the first words of Genesis? In the beginning. And how does John begin his gospel? With those same words in Greek, in archaic, uh, where we get our word archaic, right? In the beginning. You see, John begins his telling of the incarnation using this literary parallelism in the beginning. And so I think we see that, we can see that very clearly because we, when we hear in the beginning, we think of Genesis. And so we get that part of John. But, but the, the kind of the bigger thing that John's doing, which is really kind of interesting is, is John says in the beginning was the word. And because the word for word in Greek is translated as word, we don't get much of the nuance of it. 
But I, I actually have this word uh, in Greek here on the screen that I wanna show you. When John says, in the beginning was the word, he says, in archaeo logos. So in the beginning was the word, and that word logos there is, is word in Greek. Uh, I think we have a transliteration of it here on this screen also. So logos is, is logos. Now, while that word is translated word, in Greek philosophy, that word meant a whole lot more than word. You see, people understand, understood in Greek logos to be intelligence. Or in Greek philosophy, it was this, this substance that wasn't really matter, but that was intelligence and brilliance. And it, and it, was, it was primordial. It, it was before all things. And what's interesting is John says, hey, that concept in Greek philosophy, the brilliance, the intelligence, the language of the world, it took on flesh. And this is actually John's main thesis in writing his gospel. This, is, uh, this verse comes a little bit later. In John chapter one, verse 14, John says this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And this is the central idea of Christianity. This is the incarnation that God's word, God's intellect, God's spirit, God's soul takes on body. Jesus has two parts. He's divinely from God, yet he was also a part of our limited finite material reality. God's word comes to us. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. The substance of the universe comes to us. Now, what's also kind of interesting about the moment that Jesus comes to earth is that just a couple of centuries before, the Jews had their Bible translated from Hebrew into Greek, into a translation called the Septuagint. And just as Martin Luther's translation of the Bible from Latin into German really made the Reformation happen and really transformed Christianity, the translation of the Bible from Hebrew into Greek just a couple hundred years before Jesus shows up makes Judaism universal and available to all. And if Jews were reading John's gospel, having known the Septuagint version, the Greek version of their Old Testament, they also would have noticed something else really, really kind of neat. All of the prophets begin with a phrase kind of like this, kai egeneto logos kiriu, and the word of the Lord, the logos, the word of the Lord came to Malachi. The word of the Lord came to Micah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Isaiah, to Jeremiah. So those early Jews, as they were reading John's gospel, they would have received just kind of even more of a rich fullness of truth. They would have understood that the same word that came to Jonah and to Micah came to them. The same word that spoke creation into existence, that same word, God's word, that spoke the covenant with Abraham. Do you remember him calling out to Abraham? God's word that called out to Moses at the burning bush and spoke the 10 commandments into being on Mount Sinai. God's word that spoke to that boy, Samuel. Do you remember that story of God speaking out to Samuel in the temple? God's word that, that came as wisdom to Solomon. God's word that came to all of the prophets, it came to them in Jesus. 
And the, the main thesis of Christianity, the whole point of this thing is this idea that God's word comes to us. It comes to you and it comes to me. You see, Jesus coming, like it radically transformed the communicative, prophetic, uh, revelatory nature of the universe. This is, what, this is what Hebrews says. At the very beginning of Hebrews, uh, the epistle of Hebrews, listen to these words. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us. God himself has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son, God's word is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful what? By his powerful word. I've shared my testimony here before that it was really reading these words that convicted me that if I wanna know God in these days, I need to know Jesus. And maybe my lack of faith, maybe my, my lack of life, of Zoe, was my lack of knowing Jesus. So the writer of Hebrews, who is writing after the death of the resurrection of Jesus, understands that while there used to be mediators communicating the word of God, prophets, now the word of God and the very spirit of prophecy has come to earth. Uh, John, who wrote uh, the gospel that we were just reading, he says in the revelation of Jesus Christ, the spirit of Jesus is prophecy. Just this, this knowledge, this divine revelation from God. This is the scandal of the kingdom of God. This is the secret. If, you're wondering, if you come to church your whole life and you're wondering, okay, what's a secret handshake? What's this all about? This is it, you ready for this? The scandal of the kingdom of God is that the riches of God have been given to all. The king is not hoarding secret riches. He invites us all to participate in the divine dialogue of the universe. Can you believe that? He invites us into a lifelong conversation. This is the main theme of Hebrews. I don't know if you remember this, we read this last week or a couple weeks ago in worship from Hebrews four, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive and find grace to help us in our time of need. Uh, that was uh, Hebrews 4.15. The reason that we can approach God's throne confidently is because Jesus, God's word intercedes for us with the father. That we are, we are called into a, a divine conversation communication with God himself. We can confidently communicate with God because Jesus has become a high priest for us, a mediator, a counselor. It was in order to express this truth among other things that Paul wrote the book of Ephesians. I don't know if you have this uh, in Ephesians. This is Ephesians chapter two. This grace was given to me. This is Paul speaking. To preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. And to make plain to everyone, okay, so this is Paul's mission. And to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, how cool is this? This is us. This is like where we come into the story, man. This is awesome. That through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
The communication of God becomes the mission of the church. We are to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. And so I've got to ask you the question today. When was the last time you made plain to everyone the administration of the mystery of God, which for ages past was kept hidden in God? Some of you are sitting there, you're like, man, I don't even know what administration is. Somebody said something about the president having an administration, but that's about as far as I get with administration. What are you talking about? Are you, are you hanging on for dear life? Do you feel like you're drinking through a fire hose right now? Uh, some of you, you know, maybe thinking, man, this, this seems very complicated. It's actually not very complicated. <laughs> I got good news for you. You don't need an advanced degree in homiletics uh, to communicate the mysteries of God. I want you to listen to these words uh, that are also from Hebrews. This is from Hebrews chapter three. Encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today. Is it called today? Okay, so we're supposed to encourage each other daily. This is to us, okay. As long as it's still called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. The way that we communicate the mystery of the riches of Christ in a lost world is that when the word of God comes to us, we don't harden our hearts. We demonstrate the profound mystery, the profound communication of God in the world by having soft hearts. And by understanding that when God's word comes to us, we're, we're not to, to, how does Jesus say, quench the spirit? But we're to be open to it. We're to receive it. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Scripture teaches us about itself. Uh, this is also in Hebrews 4. The word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Have you ever, have you ever felt maybe just a nudge about your attitude? Have you ever felt like a nudge in your spirit that penetrates you about your thoughts? Verse 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. God's word doesn't just come to people like me who stand on platforms to speak to people like you. No, we are one and the same. God comes to us. God's word comes to us. God speaks to us and God is always calling out. Do you know what the first communication we have of God in the garden is? The first conversation that we get from, from God? This might be a tough one. It's in Genesis three. The first time God speaks, do you know what he says? He says, Adam, Eve, where are you? That's the first communicative uh, speech from God. Adam, Eve, where are you? And quite honestly, I, 
I wonder if God is speaking to some of us today that question. Hey, hey, where are you? You know, you made religion about attendance. You've made, you know, religion about sacrament. You made religion about money. You've made religion about all these trappings. But hey, I want to speak to you. I want to talk to you. I want to communicate with you. You see, God's word, it comes to us. God's word comes to us. So you may be thinking to yourself, that's cool for you, but how does God's word come to me? Anybody asking that question today? You know, there are three, there are three ways that God's word has, has come clearly to me in my life. And, you know, as, as you grow in a life of faith, you, you grow in, I think, in your ability to discern. But the, the first way that I've known to learn the voice of God is through knowing this book. You know what's amazing to me? Uh, as people of faith, many of us are more familiar with the voice of particular news anchors or with the script we see in an internet feed than we are with this stuff. You know what Jesus says when he's tempted in the desert? This should be like, this should be the backbone of our ethic uh, online and otherwise in North America in the 21st century. So when the devil comes to Jesus in the desert to tempt him, you know what Jesus' first response is? Man doesn't live on bread alone. Bread can sustain you for a little while. You know what was gonna sustain you for eternity? The word of God. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, the word of God. Did you know that you live in the 21st century? And like, if you go to BibleGateway.com, you got like 25 different interpretations, different versions of this book available at your fingertips. Did you know that you can download on your iPhone, you can get rid of Facebook and you can download on your iPad, on your iPhone, or your iPad, a different app. Uh, what, what's it called? A version? This Bible app where you can like, Read the word of God anytime, man. It's available to you. You know, God wants to speak to you. Uh, one way that God has spoken to me in my life, one of the ways that God's convicted me, one of the ways that God has shaped my character as a young man is this book. You know, there's 31 days in a month. There's 31 Proverbs, you know? What if you just started there? Young people would shape your character. You know, what if you just... What if, what if today you just, you just think to yourself, you know what, I don't know that I know Jesus that well. I don't know that I know the word. What if you just went to John and just started reading the gospel of John? That's a way to help yourself be attuned to the word, to the communication of the kingdom. Eat the word, digest it, be transformed by it. That's number one. That's, that's the way that, one of the ways that, that God speaks. Uh, another way that God speaks is through community. God has always in my life spoken to me through his church. I was fortunate enough to be someone that was raised in the church. And I don't just go to church in kind of a religious way so that I can lead and you know, be a pastor and make a paycheck, although that is you know, what, I, what I do vocationally. I'm a part of the church because the church corrects me. I'm a part of the church because the church instructs me, you know? Uh, I have, I, I've done a lot of study 
in theology. And I wanna tell you the most grounding thing that I've done throughout my theological studies is be involved in the life of a faith community. Because that has not only, that, that has not only shaped my head, but it's shaped my heart and my hands as well. God speaks to us through his people. I'm really, I am so suspicious of these internet people who they read the word of God and they just tell us all what it says, but like they have no accountability and they're not really in a church and they're just like popular personalities. I'm very suspicious of these people because for me, you know, the way that God has, has corrected my understanding of himself and the way that he's spoken clearly to me is through his people, you know? God speaks through his people. You need to be, you need to be connected in the life of the church. You, uh, you need, iron sharpens iron. You need, to, you need to be in community and fellowship with other people who are digesting this. It's good for you, you know? That's, that's number two. So, so God speaks through his, his word, through the Bible. God speaks through community. But you know, it's also the fact of the matter that God just speaks to us through his spirit, through the one who he sent uh, to, me, to communicate truth to us. Jesus said later in the book of John that it's good for him to go, that he might send the spirit of truth, the counselor, the paraclete, the one who might speak to us, the one who might help us discern I was thinking about this idea of receiving the word of God this week and maybe trying to communicate to you how, as according to Ephesians, we communicate to the world, maybe the complexity of the administration of the mystery of the riches of God's kingdom. And I just was actually just thinking about a story that happened a week or two ago. I was going to have lunch with a friend at Panera. You know Panera, right over here. You guys know this place, right? You walk up to, you walk up to Panera and off to the left side, as you're, at least if you're coming from the, the, park, the mall parking lot side, there's this little cafe area just outside where you can sit and there's tables and stuff. And I was wearing, I was wearing khakis, a pair of khakis I'm very proud of. I was wearing my, a new pair of khakis and I'm walking into Panera and there was an elderly lady who was sitting in that, that cafe area. And I, I promise I've told this story to my wife already, but that old lady, she called out to me. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She said, those are some nice pants. <laughs> and you know, pastors, we're not supposed to get into this kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, well, that felt good. That was nice, you know? And, uh, but what's funny is, you know, she calls out to me and I, I just felt in my spirit, hey, stop, just stop. Stop, go over and address this woman. So I walk over to her and uh, she smiles at me and I can tell by the way she's smiling, she has no teeth and she's, uh, she's got a, a bag that maybe has all of her belongings in it, you know? And I, I, go, over, I go over to her and I said, what, what are you doing here? And she says, she says, oh, I was just walking from here over to there and thought I'd sit down and have a rest. I said, I said that's, that's sweet, are you, are you hungry? She said, I am, I am. I said, you know, Panera's got a lot of real nice, real nice breads here. You like, you like bread? You want, to get, you, want, you, want some, you want some bread, maybe a sandwich, some soup? I got some real nice soups here. She said, you know what I really like at Panera? I said, what do you really like at Panera? She said, the macaroni and cheese. <laughs> so you, want the, you like the macaroni and cheese, huh? You want some macaroni and cheese? Yeah. I said, all right. 
So I walk inside, me and my buddy, tell him about this lady who's hitting on me because of my khakis that's sitting out there. You know, and we, both of us have been married about 15 years. He's like, that doesn't happen very much anymore. I say, you're telling me, pal, you know. I'm not digging Kate. She, she's very sweet to me, I'm just saying. So, so anyway, uh, I, I, t- I get the macaroni and cheese and I, I take it back outside to the lady and I set it down in front of her. And you know what she says to me? She says, you're a Christian, aren't you? She said, I could tell. Now, I didn't evangelize to her technically. Didn't say anything about Jesus, all right? Nothing. I didn't tell her, God bless you, you know? I didn't say anything to her. But somehow, somehow, just listening to the nudge of the word, being available to the voice of the word, communicated to her the complexity, the profundity, the administration of the mysteries of Christ, of the riches of ages hidden in the past, you know? And all that I did, all that I did was just listen to the nudging of the voice of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that crazy? Um, the, The thing is, I... I could keep you from going to Panera to get lunch by telling you story after story after story after story from my own life of just moments of kind of this weird nudges of just listening, turning, pausing. Uh, But I, I wanna tell you today, what's available to me is available to you. Today, if you hear his If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Be open, be receptive to the voice of the spirit, to the voice of the word. Can you imagine what it would be like to be a part of a church where everyone was uniformly attuned to the voice of that spirit? Can you imagine it? Can you imagine what our witness would be like in the world if people everywhere were looking at us and just saying to us, hey, you're a Christian, aren't you? I can just tell, right? But this is, this is what happens when the people of God are attentive to the word of God, to the voice of God. My prayer for you this week, my prayer for, for you today, my prayer for us as the church today is that we, would be, that we would be open and attentive to the voice of the word. That the very word of God would penetrate our hearts, would penetrate our souls, that it would sustain us and that it would give us great life. Because I'm telling you, even in 2022 in Lima, Ohio, God's word, it comes to us. God's word comes to us. Amen, somebody. Amen, hallelujah. Can we stand together today? And the reason that we gather is because we gather in the name of Jesus, the name of the one who is the very word of God. He is among us today. As we assemble as his body, we are his hands and his feet, his eyes and his ears in this world. 
I pray that today, I pray that this week, wherever you are, that you're attentive, that you're leaning in. And maybe you feel like you're, you've, you've kind of had a void of God's word in your life. Dig into the word, eat the word, digest the word, be transformed by the word this week. Oh God, the giver of life, the one who speaks the word, would you speak life to us this week? Would you speak to us? Would you transform us by your powerful word? As Jesus prayed for his church, would you sanctify us by the truth? Your word is truth. We want you to know that we love you today. We thank you for the gift of life, for the gift of fellowship, the gift of communion. Now may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you, O God. You are our rock, you are our redeemer, and we worship you. Amen. God bless you. Go in the power of the word this week. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, visit limacommunitychurch.com.